Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Luke Anderson, astronaut. A man barely interesting. I just picture you sitting on the rail at a strip club. Eating a Lunchable. Will Darkens, hot air balloon attendant, frightened by technology. I, I love you, but you're saying that this little old man, this dude was a clean 6'6". We have the capability to build the 33rd best radio show in Portland on Saturdays about sports. The Sinner and the Saint will be that show. Better than they were before. Sportsier, funnier, more Labradoodles. <laughs> St. Tailgate Show on 1080 The Fan, the radio.com app, and 1080thefan.com. Hey, happy Halloween! Yeah! Woo! Okay, I'm going to need you to knock that off. Not that because it's lame. Did it scare you a little it bit? It did scare me just a smidge. Yeah, I apologize. I apologize for that. It is scary times. It's Halloween today, but guess what? It's also a full moon, and it's daylight savings. Woo! And it's a Saturday Halloween, which means that the Get next drunk. Wait. Well, yeah, actually, oh. it doesn't. It normally would mean yeah, party time. There's going to be people going out and wreaking havoc with that. But that means the next two weeks could be terrifying. I don't know if you know of anything that's happening, but. Uh, when Saturday is a Halloween, hmm. it's followed up by a Friday the 13th in the middle of November. Ooh. A lot of stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. A lot uh, of stuff going on. You said turning back clocks. Yeah, we turn back our clocks tonight. I have an, uh, I have already have a, a gripe about this. Uh, well, yeah, of course you do. It's a thing. Yeah. I mentioned a thing. I yeah. brought up a topic. I got a big gripe about And you have this. a gripe about it. Of course you do. Now, what, what did you just say before I got into my gripe? You always have a gripe about something? No, before that. I don't know. Fall back? Right. And what are you going to do? Uh, I don't know. Get extra sleep? No. Well, what are you going to do when, when, when it's fall back or spring forward? Daylight savings? Yeah. And what do people do? You. You, what? you turn back your clock. Do you really, do you really turn back your clock? Yes. 
Who the hell has to turn back clocks anymore? There's two- Everything's on your cell phone. Whoa, easy does it. There's two, maybe three clocks that have to turn back. <laughs> Your oven, your microwave, yes. and your car. Is that it? That's, well, yeah, I might have to do both cars. I'm yeah, not sure. Exactly. The one car's new. I sort of first year with it. So, yeah, the four clocks that have turned back. Both, if I have to turn back both cars. Yeah. But, yes, the oven and the microwave. Those are the two. We we do have uh, two analog clocks in the house, too. We have one on our fireplace mantle. You still have an analog clock? Two. Listen to me. I've got an uh, analog clock on the fireplace, uh, and then I've got another one on in the, the children's bedroom. We want them to uh, recognize what an analog clock looks like, even though when they grow up, they will be, have been, you know, completely eradicated. It'll be like cursive. I don't want them to know what's going on there, but they'll never actually use it. But yeah, I've got two analog clocks. Plus, I'll probably have to change one of my VCR. I don't think that one changes. No, oh, of course. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, I, would, I just assumed that was what we were all assuming, that <laughs> we don't have to worry about our VCR clocks. Yeah, does your VCR automatically turn back? Well, uh, Is it hooked to Wi-Fi, your VCR? Well, my automatic rewinder does, not my VCR, which, ah. which creates quite a dilemma. You've got an automatic rewinder with a clock on it? I live the high life. I tell you what. Uh, Man, I'll bet you Blockbuster loves you. But let me tell you this. Tell, dude, tell me. We got to figure out a different way to lead into that story as local news people or as local media people or just media people in general. Because that's literally the first thing you lead with when you talk about a time change. You go, all right, folks, daylight savings or spring forward or whatever. Time to turn your clock back or jump your clock forward one or yeah. whatever. I don't do that. Do you? I, I, I don't. I, I literally have two of them, and that's not even the first thing I think. The first thing I think when there's a time change is I'm going to get more or less sleep. That's yeah. it. Okay. I don't think, oh, crap, I got to turn my clock back because otherwise I'll live in some alternate universe where I think everything is one hour later or earlier, and I'm just going to walk around like that. And even though people will be like, oh, no, it was a time change. It's actually 8 o'clock. I'll be like, no, it's not. How many people will show up at the wrong time on Monday? Oh, Just something. Well, if we don't tell them to turn back their clocks, That's what I'm asking. possibly millions. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> There's a new poll out that says 20 million. Holy cow, that's a lot of people. 20 million people will be late for their, their Zoom call. Jim, where the hell are you? Well, it's 7 a.m. No, it's not. I'm looking at my watch right here. It says 7 a.m. Yeah. I mean, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. I do have a couple watches I'll probably need to change, but I haven't, I haven't worn them uh, much because I don't leave the house very often. Mm. So, yeah. Now I'm thinking of all the clocks I have to change. I got a lot of rolling back I have to do tomorrow. All right. So you wear like a – do you even really rely on your wristwatch for time? Or is it just a looks thing? Because you sell media, and I know watches are one of those like looks things. Um, so yes, I look at, yes, I look at my wristwatch. Right. So like you, I do you're time. like, oh crap, I'm late. And you look at your wristwatch. I do not. Yes. I do not like pulling out my phone to use it as a clock. It is convenient, but if I don't have to rely on it, uh, I do that. I actually did. Uh, cause I, I got the Fitbit as you know, cause I know you love the Fitbit. Said that I'm an go- Apple watch, bro. Golf is a real sport. Uh, <laughs> as you'll recall. But my Fitbit, I actually set it so it has the analog clock on it because I, I was so used to looking at my wristwatch that I'm like, ah. But, yeah, I would wear a watch uh, to work every day. But you know what I think is happening? Mm. And I wonder if people can um, attest to this. 503-250-1080 is the fan text line. Um, are people dressing more casual 
when they have meetings even outside of Zoom right now? Because I find that I am. I'm not meeting with a ton of people, but when I do, I don't put in the same effort that I did before to, you know, tuck in a shirt or throw on a jacket or do any put of that stuff. Put on underwear. Usually wear underwear. Oh, right. But. So do I. Yeah, you don't have to. Uh, but you watch all of these Zoom meetings, and people definitely, definitely dumb it down for the Zoom meetings. The, hey, we're having a big corporate meeting. I'm going to throw on my old hoodie from my college uh, my college years and then not shave my neck hair mm. and set the camera at a real low angle. So all you're doing is looking up at the frayed collar. on my, Harry Gizzard. And <laughs> Harry Gizzard is a very good term. Yes. Uh, I had, there was a high-up corporate jamoke that was uh, on the call uh, just recently, and he was. He was just showing off. He's like, look at my extra chin and how I'm growing all this fuzz on it. That's nice. And then uh, did you know that I was in a fraternity in college? Because uh, you could just make out the top of the Greek letters on this old-ass sweatshirt that I'm oh, wearing. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was It was a spot-on look. This is the guy hosting a regional Zoom meeting. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's bad yeah, for Trying to put together a corporate strategy here. Those are one of the sweatshirts, the type of sweatshirts or the type of insignia apparel that you need to get rid of after a certain point in your life. There's nope, a few never, of them. Nope. Once, once yeah. a no. Phi Kappa Brats, Delta. events, and brands. You got to, oh. at a certain point, Ooh. you need to get rid of it. If you have your Delta whatever sweatshirt, get rid of that. Okay. If you have your uh, 2008 Orlando Tech Conference hat, you need to dump that. If you have a Wendy's pair you, of wait. winter gloves, throw those in the incinerator. Real quick. Whoa. Watch your mouth on the Wendy's winter gloves. Uh, I do have my HP Hewlett Packard. Uh, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Listen. <laughs> Woohoo, buddy. You are. It is uh, hat, gloves, like uh, half finger gloves with the mitten fold over. All right. And blanket that fit in a little stuff sack. Got one of them in the trunk of each of the cars. So so what are you communicating to people when you have something oh, like no, that? No, it's never worn. They've I, never been worn. I'm huge into HP. No. But I will say, Hewlett Packard, put them in a convenient little bundle. They have their own little stuff sack. I just toss it in there. I'm like, man, if I ever get stranded and I get a little bit cold, I'll be glad I have that HP hat and these terrible fleece gloves and that tiny little blanket. But I'll, I'll put it to good use. That's where those things can live. I mean, the firefighters find you, and they're like, I'm an Apple guy. Let <laughs> this guy rot. And they won't pull you out. I don't care about him. Yeah. Let him, let him die. I use a Canon printer. You know, I, uh, I, I, I got close to saying this to you because you wear this jacket a lot, and I don't want to say it to you because it's a nice jacket, but your Pac-12 championship jacket. What year? Oh, what is it, 2012? 2011. 2011. First year. Your Pac-12 title jacket in yeah. 2011. Yep. Now, just Nike, so, Nike, right? Yeah. Just so we can confirm, you weren't at that game. Oh no, no, no. I was not. Definitely, you was didn't not. play in that game. No, 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 no. no. Uh, you weren't a fan of Pac-12 football necessarily nope. at that time. Nope. Well, no. I mean, sure, but yeah, not really. Okay. Yeah, so like, like, yeah I go Pac-12. And, and this is like I the was for, I, I was working for the Marriott, <laughs> and the Pac-12 media day uh, for the championship game, the first one played at Autzen, came through and was at the uh, Marriott downtown waterfront. And uh, I was helping coordinate things, and they're like, hey, we got an extra jacket. You want it? I'm like, yeah. I still rock that jacket. This jacket here, also a Nike jacket. I don't know what this uh, little star means, but, yeah, this was from some soccer conference. I always thought it was some Russian thing. No, not Russian. 
You're not Russian? No. Oh. Not me. Why would you? I don't know why you think this. What I just assume because of the jacket. What have I ever done that makes you think must be Russian? <laughs> I don't know why you think that. The fact that you tried to get your kids to have a Russian accent. No, no. Even though your wife English was accent. Oh, an English accent. That's right. Because yeah. that would be adorable on a child. But only one of the twins would have an English accent, not both. Yeah, I've wanted to tell you for a long time. Like It's time to let go of that yeah, jacket. Yeah, maybe you need to get rid of that jacket. Because mm-hmm. I get it. Like yeah. You can get... You can get branded or insignia jackets. Sure. They're really nice. Yep. And that's kind of like a hard thing for me, too, because when I think about it, I'm like, like, if if somebody gave me, like, a jack-in-the-box North Face winter coat, it would be really because hard. Because it's North Face. Yeah, because I'd be like, well, that's a really nice coat, but I don't really want to be repping jack-in-the-box every winter. And you kind of get mad at jack-in-the-box. Yeah. They're going, like, really? You had to embroider it? Yes. Like, yeah. I don't want to see it. Like, maybe if you put the little jack guy like his little head on it maybe i'll like compromise yeah. but if it just says straight up jack in the box try our new tacos like <laughs> it's a horrible moment for me yeah but it's north face god it's good i cool. know yeah I'm trust me it. i'm an uppity white guy <laughs> i know good north face when i see I, it i did just do a uh, hat purge a logo to hat purge mm. which i mean most of them have never been worn um because you get it you know at a at a corporate event or whatever mm. uh one of them grill works uh, from the oh, no. <laughs> we don't need to get into that. let's not get into grill works grill works for the fan golf tournament a few years ago uh but yeah i was just going through all of my old hats that i got and i was like oh yeah i never wear any of these but it was right after my father-in-law came to visit he's like got a hat i could borrow and i'm like yes here's a winco foods portland open hat which year would you like it from? <laughs> like a black one from 2020 and a white one from 2019, kind of a gray one from which one, which one would you like? And he took the one that he wanted and the rest of them are in the donation bin. Then I went to go see my brother. He's wearing his Winco Foods Portland open hat. Somebody, it just happened. Somebody on the text line, 503-250-1080. It's like rocking your high school letterman jacket when you're 40. You know what? I'm about to turn 40. Yeah. First time I've ever regretted not getting a high school Letterman jacket. Really? Yeah. I'm like, oh, you know what I'd be wearing right now? The high school Letterman jacket. Oh, yeah. Yeah. How did I not get one? But, like, you probably don't have any, like, cool uh, ju- uh, jubilates on it. Oh, yeah. No, I was, uh, I mean, you have to remember that I was a JV Letterman in three sports. So, it's pretty prominent. Three? Oh, yeah. Basketball, baseball, football. Hockey. Oh, football, right. Yeah, well, football, I also got a varsity letter. That's tight. I know. I know. So I had one. And then I had, uh, like, some academic pins and and stuffs. So, yeah, I had all kinds of that uh, garbly gook. But never did anything with them and I threw it all away. I'm just saying, maybe it's time to part ways with my with 2011. 2011 Pac-12 championship jacket. Yeah. Because well. as, we've, as we've pointed out, you didn't play in the game. Yeah. You actually didn't even attend the game. Nope. And you didn't really even care much about the game at the time. <laughs> but it's a free jacket. It's a free jacket. Free jacket. It's a free. Ni- it's a nice jacket. This one's starting to. This one's starting to scuff up a little. This uh, sweatshirt, the hooded sweatshirt that I'm wearing here. But yeah, it's yeah. starting to scuff up around the edges. The cat got a hold of it a little bit. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna have to buy. I've not bought a casual jacket in a decade. Why not? Because I got the free Nike uh, jackets here. This this hooded sweatshirt, Nike, yeah. very comfortable. Got this one for free when I was at Skamania Lodge, uh, probably eight or ten, eight or nine years ago. And then uh, I got the uh, the free Pac-12 2011 Pac-12 Championship jacket. 
they've they've held up incredibly well, but it is time to replace them. I told my wife this not long ago. I go, I'm going to have to buy a jacket. Yeah, buy a jacket. I know. Buy a casual jacket. I know. It'll change your life. Eh, Will it? I have three. Do you really? I have a jean jacket. No, get out of here. I've never seen you wear a jean jacket. Actually, I wore it for the first time. (laughs) I think... I think yesterday or Thursday, I wore it for the first time to go out and just get, like, groceries. Yeah. Uh, I also did uh, procure a new free jacket this week. I don't know that I can uh, put it in the rotation, though. Uh, Jim Beam logo on it. Oh, yeah. No, don't do that. A Jim Beam jacket? Have I told you my Coors Light onesie story? How about you save it? I will. Because we're quite quite over. Welcome back into this Sinner and Saint 503-250-1080 is the fan text line. Someone says, one of the best beer-branded clothing ever was the 1970s clo- uh, cloth bucket hat with the Schlitz logo all over it. Will, in the last segment, if you're just joining us, was trashing uh, branded clothing. And uh, here's the thing. Sometimes you get that branded T-shirt or you get that uh, you know branded uh, piece of gear that just... It's too awesome not to wear. And you can't just uh, throw it aside. I still got a couple Blazers shirts that have the Moda Center uh, or the Moda Health logo on the sleeve because it's a nice-looking Blazers shirt. Picked it up at a playoff game. Here's the difference, though, in that. Okay. It's it's with a team. Okay. But I will admit that there are some that I've gotten that immediately uh, go into the donation bin as soon as I get home. The second that I get home, I'm like, oh, thanks. Did you go heavyweight cotton, uh, Glidden, Gilden? Gilden? Is it Gilden the brand? Goodyear? Goodyear? The Goodyear t-shirt. That's yeah. just, you go, really? Come on. Do better than that. Or the one you're like, oh, sweet. So you went Hanes undershirt and just put a logo on it. So it's like paper thin. And you're like, all right, awesome. Going in the junk. If you get a nice piece of branded uh, apparel, it can be nice. I've got a, I got a Miller High Life t-shirt. Dark gray, just the maroon logo on it. Looks pretty good. I wear that, uh, that one every once in a while. Uh, but I got a piece of branded apparel that... When I first got it, I knew exactly what it was for. Mm. I was given a Coors Light onesie. It is a uh, heavy sweatshirt material, head to toe, zipper that goes all the way to the top of the hood for some reason, uh, onesie. And I, as soon as I got it, I was like, oh, this is for camping. There's no other time I will ever wear this, but uh, on those camp evenings when you're sitting around the fire and you need to just be a little bit warmer... Uh, and I did find out that sleeping in it is awesome, too, because you have no waistband. So it's basically like wearing a sleeping bag, then crawling into a sleeping bag. So I took it out. I test drove it this summer. Uh, and I thought that my dad was making fun of it because he's like, that thing is so awesome. But he kept saying how great it was. Right. And I, I was like, okay, cool. You don't like it. No big deal. Because my dad, as we've discussed on the show, is an outdoorsman. Yes. And a bit of a redneck. Yeah, he lives out. In the outdoors. Oh, yeah. There's been more than one time uh, in his life that he has spent more time outdoors than indoors yeah. uh, by choice. He didn't know there was a wildfire going on. Yeah, and he almost burned up in a wildfire. Uh, so he is uh, he, he enjoys himself some outdoors. So I thought that he was being sarcastic again and again. Went on uh, two or three camping trips this summer, and uh, on the third camping trip in August, must have been the third, uh, in August, I was sitting around the fire in my Coors Light onesie, when who shows up wearing the identical onesie, but my father, who t- who had praised it so much 
that my sister-in-law went on to eBay and found somebody that was reselling it because it sold out from the Coors Light website. He was so enamored it, with the Coors Light that onesie he that he up, wanted one. Yeah, that he showed up. He, it, my sister-in-law got it for him, and she said she spent too much money for it, but she knew that he loved it. <laughs> we had matching Coors Light onesies. Now Why did he just get a similar onesie without Coors Light on it? Uh, well, so that's the funny part. Is my Was bro- it for solidarity with you? No. he. So he, apparently, like I said, I heard it when he's like, oh, my, that thing's great. Apparently, when I was not around, he praised it again and again to the point where my sister-in-law was convinced that she needed to get it for him. He would not go out and purchase it. He doesn't buy things for himself. It was a gift given to him that he, he genuinely loves. So now he and I have matching Coors Light onesies. And you know what? They only come out for camping, and they're fantastic. I'll give you that. Yeah. I think in, in there's a certain place yeah. for branded apparel in this world. Yeah. If you can find it in a, uh, to use it in a functional sense. Yeah. I, I'm good with that. Yeah. Okay. Thank you for the approval. You're welcome. I needed that. But let me tell you something. You're not going to get it on everything. I do want to get into sports. No, that's fine. I do want to get into sports today, but uh, we should talk briefly. I reserve it. Sean Connery passed away. Yeah, he did. He's dead. 90. <laughs> Night. That's a great, great life. He was James Bond. Yeah. He was, uh, he was, he was Indiana Jones' father, mm. which better than being his son, right? Mm. Right. Shia LaBeouf versus Sean Connery. Not saying who did a better job, but a better role to be cast in. Right. Indiana Jones' father or his son? Uh, can I pick neither? <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't know. wouldn't want to be in that movie. You wouldn't want to be in an Indiana Jones uh. movie. Oh, can I just say something about anybody that hates the the new one? I didn't never watch the Indiana Jones new movie when it like came out. The whatever is the Crystal, Crystal Skulls. Skulls, yeah, yeah. People hated that movie and like yeah. then disavow and that's not part of the Indiana Jones trilogy. My wife had never watched them, and uh, during the first uh, outbreak of COVID, when they shut everything down, she was working for a small movie theater, and so she was at home, and she decided she was going to watch the Indiana Jones films uh, in order. Mm. And I watched part of the first one with her. And I'm like, ah, this is fantastic. Raiders of the Lost Ark, right? It's a great movie. Great movie. I watched the entire second movie. Yeah. When was the last time you watched Temple of Doom? Uh, Not in quite a long time. Okay. What do you remember about that movie? Uh, I remember the kid in the baseball cap. Yeah. And some Nazis. Uh, I don't think there's a whole lot of Nazis in that one. That I recall, because that's the one where they go to the the temple and they're the underground society ripping hearts out of people's chests oh, okay. and doing all that. that oh, well, they're not a lot, I guess. That <laughs> movie, that movie is terrible. It's it. You really think it's that bad? It's way. I will. I will put it up against anybody that wants to not from recollection, but that wants to go rewatch that. Yeah. And the Crystal Skulls movie. If anybody says Temple of Doom is better, I, I'm going to need a full essay on why. It was yeah. terrible. Well, and that's the reason why I would never want to act in a sequel or a mm. uh, or a trilogy if I was not part of the core cast. Yeah. Because it's going to be a bad experience. Like, you're going to walk on set and, like, everybody's going to hate the script because, like, I, I am, like, wholly against sequels. I, I think they're dumb. 
And yeah. I think that the purpose of writing a movie is to create a narrative and a story and a snapshot of someone or a group of people's lives in a certain instance and then draw some type of emotional reaction from it. Or create a unique world. Yeah, yeah. you know, and I, I think that when you make a sequel, you're just like, you're trying to get more from a message that, or in a point that was already made. Yeah. And you kind of muddy up the first movie. Now, that's not... To say that, like, so I don't enjoy some sequels like Terminator 2, yeah. but, like, sequels on a whole, I'm I'm very much against. The, the place where sequels, I think, fit is where you create a world that people just want to see more of. Toy Stories are that way for me. Like, the kids watch the Toy Story movies, and I'll go back and I'll watch them. I really like the second one. I think it's fantastic. Third one, just fine. Fourth one, a lot of people hated that. I thought it was good. Yeah. But it, the, the idea of a movie is you suspend reality for a little while. Mm. So with that in mind, uh, your favorite Sean Connery. Uh, it's got to be uh, The Rock. Yeah. I really enjoyed The Rock. And, you know, this comes from somebody who was not a really huge James Bond fan. And actually, when I go back and watch the old James Bond movies, I think they're kind of stupid. <laughs> To be quite honest. Well, because they are. I know. And I think people give it a lot of, uh, you know, give it a lot of slack because of the fact that, you know, it was a movie made in the 1970s. And 1970s movies have this kind of campy feel to them anyways. Uh, any 1970s action movie, for that matter. Yep. Uh, so I, I kind of throw that out the window. But, you know, I loved The Rock because it was so just old man curmudgeon Sean Connery. <laughs> and he had just enough guile to him to, like, kind of even out what Nicolas Cage was in that movie. Yeah. And I also just really liked that movie a lot, and I loved the premise of it. I thought it was a really fun premise for an action movie. Yeah. I'll have to go back and rewatch that. That's Dude, one. The Rock is awesome. And everybody. It's a bunch of friggin' military <laughs> defectors pissed off at America yep. who go on to basically The Rock and try to, like, poison the country with a nerve agent. Yeah. It's an interesting plot. It's it, yeah. I, I remember the 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 rolling um, green balls ready to blow themselves up, yeah. and I can kind of picture that and everything. Uh, I remember the Untouchables, Hunt for Red October, the two that are mm. in, my, in my head too. Yeah. So, but you know, he had a he had a long and illustrious career, and um, yeah. And I think if you ask, which this is the sad part, if you ask enough uh, millennials in my age bracket, because you're an older millennial, yeah, is that. I'm the oh. oldest. I'm the oldest millennial. Yeah, I'm the first. You're on I'm the, the first. Old end. I'm the first millennial. That's right. Yeah. You were the first. I was you first. did it before everybody. I, I started the whole damn thing. That's so right. If you're pissed off at the millennials, be pissed off at me. It's been written in books. Yeah. If you ask any in my age range or possibly a little younger, they'll tell you, oh, yeah, isn't that the guy that was spoofed on SNL? Yeah. 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 Well, you know what's funny? Which, which kind of sucks. My wife was having a conversation with a friend of hers uh, that she she's working with, and um, they were talking about Christmas movies. Mm. And my wife brought up the Gremlins, which oh, is one of, my, one of my favorite Christmas movies. Uh, but this woman is 12 years younger than my wife, so puts her in her early, mid-20s. Um, and she, the, she never heard of it. And you just realize yeah. that there's a whole generation of adults now that, like, our favorite movies are like, oh, what is that? I've never heard of that. And they're not all going to be good enough to rise to the top. There's somebody here that agrees with me. Uh, uh, not The Rock. Go back and watch uh, The Untouchables. Um, that's probably my favorite. But Humphrey Red October is, I only think of Sean Connery when I think of that movie. Yeah. Like, that's the one where it's like, it just seems so iconic. The Untouchables, I think, uh, the best movie. And the text line rightfully ripping me um, that 
Connery was 60s Bond. Oh, well, which they're correct. I don't know if that's ripping you. It's just correcting you because you, well, you you were not born in the 60s I wasn't. or the 70s. But you know something? You were barely born in the 80s. Oh, I was an 80s baby, all right? Barely. What year, 89? Like a day before. 88. Okay. Um, But you know something? There is something to say about, like, Bond. Like, because I think so much of who Sean Connery was was wrapped up in James Bond. Yeah, but but again, I mean, there's, really a whole, there's, there's a whole generation. Our whole generation remembers The Rock, and the, the SNL spoof is something yeah. that sticks in our head. Yeah. And the, the whole run of movies that he made, you talk about uh, Indiana Jones pops up right away, The Untouchables, Hunt for Red October. Those are all late 80s, early 90s, mm. and he had a hell of a run there, too, where he was in a lot of stuff. Mm. So. I don't know, uh, but Sean Connery passed away at 90. Uh, we will get into sports. There is a slew of athletes getting the COVID. We'll give you a quick update on that and why Will hates Trevor Lawrence. We'll see if even he knows after this college football scoreboard update. I looked at a list of uh, songs to play at your Halloween party that are not Monster Mash. <laughs> And I saw Skrillex on there, and I was like, I don't know what that is, but I'll bet you Will's into it. Yeah. yeah. I went to a Skrillex rave once. I know you did. Yeah. I, I didn't know you did, but I know you did. Yeah. yeah. I saw him. Oh, really? What's like, he, what's in he person. Like? What's he like? I mean, I didn't talk to him, but I saw him. <laughs> I saw him up there on the stage. I was like, what's up, Skrillex? <laughs> I don't think he heard me over the loud noise. Oh, uh, weird. Yeah. yeah, I just saw this on the list because the list was pretty much like, man, like there's a Smashing pumpkin song on there and Marilyn Manson. And yeah. I was like, whatever, and like some Rihanna song. And I was like, this list is worthless. But then I saw that, uh, and then I saw Skrillex and I was like, oh, I'll, I'll play this for Will. And I knew, I knew it would get your attention. And boom, Skrillex deep cuts. You're welcome, everybody. Uh, hey, so yes, are you more upset that Trevor Lawrence has the Rona mm. or Simona Halep? Did you see your tennis people are not taking this thing seriously? Uh, no, tennis has been like <laughs> tennis. Tennis is not looking good here. Will what? you you have two things following guidelines to stay safe during the coronavirus pandemic and tennis. Those two things are not jiving very well right now. Yeah. So I don't know if this is like, I, I can't really like, I, I don't know why I think this, but like, I thought tennis would handle this better. <laughs> right. It's I don't know pretty why. easy to handle. Yeah. Well, <laughs> you stay on your side of that. I'll stay on mine. Yeah. I just, for some reason, I thought like, I, I thought it would be able to handle it better. And I, and I don't really have any evidence otherwise. I just kind of thought that like, okay, well, they seem like. Uh, they seem like educated people. They're very uh, global and worldly people. I mean, you know, tennis is a sport that kind of gathers people from all around the world to play in tournaments that, you know, are in these really huge cities. And you would have thought they would kind of take into account like, OK, well, people are traveling a lot. So we got to nix that and blah, blah, blah. And but I mean, just, they, they really effed it up. <laughs> I, I can't really like say the other way. But I will say to your uh, to your former question is that I'm not really happy about either. Okay. It sucks either way that both of these people do 
uh, have the coronavirus. And you, I think you have been trashing college football for the way that they've been handling. Yeah. So I wanted to connect it to tennis to just tennis, to see yeah, what yeah. your reaction would no, be. It's, just, it's it's trying to carry on during a global pandemic with with anything, and we're seeing it with schools and government and uh, businesses and and everything. It is difficult. College football is trying their best, but one of their uh, most outspoken proponents of getting back to football, Trevor Lawrence, uh, yeah. now has. COVID-19. COVID-19. Apparently, he is having mild symptoms. Dabo came out, apparently, uh, even before this game and said, and it's very hard for me to take Dabo Sweeney at his word in this, (laughs) and that's not so much that I don't like Dabo Sweeney, but he is obviously a, uh, you know, an impartial party. uh, That 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 he's he's also uh, a spin doctor. Yes, and he said, oh, he's now not even experiencing almost no symptoms, and I'm kind of like, Almost, okay. almost no symptoms of some symptoms. Yeah, like I'd like to hear from Trevor Lawrence before I hear from Dabo Sweeney. But well, you, you can't understand it because of the cough. Ah, that's right. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I think it's sad in either sense. And I think that, you know, one thing that could be good that comes out of this is that you now have college football's most prominent player. Um, sure. I don't know if I can call him the most prominent personality because – for as good as Trevor Lawrence is, he doesn't have a whole lot of personality. Nah, not really. I mean, he's kind of just a mouthpiece for the program, which, you know, hey, more power to you, man. But, like, I hope that more people will look at this and see a guy that's this widely broadcasted and this widely talked about and say, okay, maybe it is time that we take this a little bit seriously. Because I will say, the two things that uh, happened at the beginning of this whole kerfuffle that we're in is the NBA shutting down Yep, and Tom Hanks True. getting covid that literally put everybody in this mode of like, oh, S, this is serious. Yep. And so I'm kind of hoping that college football will look at this and see that Trevor Lawrence gets it and go, oh, my gosh, the guy who's basically the face of college football right now has it. This well, is scary. And one was Wisconsin putting the entire, you know, potential uh, Big Ten schedule in jeopardy because of their COVID outbreak. So they've canceled uh, their game against Nebraska, obviously, last week. They're putting their their this week. Um, their game against Purdue in jeopardy, but they were the big showcase game to start things off. They came out and played against Illinois, which now has two positive cases of of COVID-19, and they put a shellacking on them and really said, hey, maybe Wisconsin's the other team in the Big Ten that we need to keep an eye on, especially because Penn State lost last week, and now they're canceling one game, potentially two games because of their major outbreak, and Graham Mertz, looked like he was going to be the star of the, of the season coming out and having a damn near perfect uh, opening game as a starter for Wisconsin. At and quarterback. damn near perfect name for a quarterback, as right. we've discussed. Graham Mertz. <laughs> yeah, it's it's, it's a hell of a quarterback. Especially name. for a Wisconsin quarterback, yes. too. Doesn't that just sound like yeah. a Big Ten quarterback? Uh, Behind center, Graham Mertz. Yeah. Um, so right now you're kind of seeing college football getting to that point where they're not going to have any other choice, but either extend the season or just have your teams finish with fewer games. The big Mm. 10 and the pac 12 kind of put themselves in that position by getting such a late start. But as teams continue to miss games, you just wonder how college football will continue to change the way that they react to this. So it'll be interesting to watch. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it will be too. And you know, one of the real things to focus on is next week which is yep. the Pac-12 starting. Oregon's already had tests. Those turned out to be false uh, positives. Yeah. But it's it's still, it was one of those things where you wonder if the game against Stanford would have been in jeopardy. But obviously uh, now they're back on track to play that game. So 
Also put into perspective that the West Coast, uh, in proportion to national cases, is lower. Though we are on the rise. I think mm -hmm. Oregon, my, my wife has been huge into this. She, like... Everybody's on the rise, though, yeah. nationwide. Yeah, uh, my wife, like, looks every day at the Oregon case count. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think it was somewhere where, like, 900. Um, in proportion to the rest of the United States, which is the sad part, like, that's low. Yeah. Um, and you kind of start to think, well, maybe the West Coast can kind of handle their ass. And when it comes to the Pac-12 playing, like, they can do this strategically to make it so that, like. But you th thought the same thing about tennis. I know. I know. <laughs> Believe you me, I had high hopes for tennis's intelligence. But you know what it ended up as? A bunch of sweaty dudes with their shirts off at a bar dancing and gyrating on each other. Yes, it did. And then I couldn't have predicted that. I could predict a lot of things about yeah. tennis, but that, yeah. well, no way. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the real world. Your, your illusions are being shattered uh, left and right. Um, and with that, I think we transition to good versus evil. We'll do that next uh, right here on The Sinner and the Saint. It's 1080 The Fan. Have you been too busy to keep up on sports this week? What has happened to the, What has happened? What has happened to the national interest? No time to form your own opinions? I stand before you here today in the midst of gnarly times. Well, no worries, brah. Let the sinner and the saint shred the gnar while you just sit back and ride the wave. It's time for Good versus Evil. Brought to you by the titan of Hawaiian restaurants. 808 on 1080 The Fan. This is not right. You don't think this is right? I dig it. That was supposed to be a clip of Aaron <laughs> I have not been on my game with good mercy. Uh, you know what? Two will be the clip. I promise you that. And you know what, though? Uh, you know, you needed a week um, of mourning. You know, the, the golf show goes away. <laughs> And it, uh, you know, my world gets shattered. Yeah, last last week you were really flummoxed because you knew it was the last week, and this week, the first week without it, you'll get back. You'll get back, and guess what? Pac-12 football next week. That'll put you on the right line. Okay, that was Aaron Rodgers in advance of Sunday's <laughs> Green Bay versus Minnesota game. The bearded douches singing the praises of Vikings head coach Mike Zimmer. Uh. His record with the team is currently one in five, and many people believe he should be fired, but A-Rod says that's crazy talk. Quote, he's a phenomenal coach. To see him mentioned to be on the hot seat is absolutely crazy, unquote. Do you agree with Rodgers, or do you think that Zimmer's time in the mini Apple should end here quite soon? Uh, the expectations are pretty high for that team coming into the season. To be one in five is very disappointing. Um, I'd have to really examine it. I don't think they've had dramatic injuries or anything that is really identified as the, like the reason that they're bad. They're just not very good. Obviously they lost a close one to Seattle. Uh, that game I paid very close attention to and they look like they have the pieces, but if you can't win football games, you can't keep your job. Uh, I don't know how much good Willie has there. Hot seat. Yes. Should he be fired yet? No, nah, not quite. Dan Quinn earned his firing. <laughs> well, right. I mean, you have to figure out like, here's a guy that got fired. Is Zimmer there yet? Not yet. But he can get there. You know, I think people talk about our, the Phoenix teams I played on and this sort of revolutionary tone of of how we, you know, impacted the game. But the truth be told, you know, Mike D'Antoni's brilliance in much of that was that he allowed it to evolve instead of getting in the way. And I think a lot of coaches feel like they have to, you know, design every aspect of something. And and, and I think you leave stuff on the table that can be found. 
was a man whose hairline I'm incredibly jealous of, Steve Nash. Lacking any semblance of irony, the Brooklyn Nets went ahead and hired the two-time NBA MVP as their head coach this past week. Nash has no coaching experience at any level of basketball ever. Where does the irony kick in, you ask? Well, the team also announced Thursday that the Rockets' former head coach, Mike D'Antoni, will serve as assistant to the novice. Why won't this work? Or why will this work? It won't work because of Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant will somehow derail everything. Your stars are lunatics. Uh, so I think that's where your problem lies. I like the idea for Steve Nash. If you don't have any head coaching experience and you have a head coach that you're very familiar with and were very successful with, bring him in as your assistant where he can help you through not just the basketball part of things, but the administrative part of things. Because That's one of the things with coaching I think that we overlook and oftentimes is as important or more important than the X's and O's, which is how you run your organization. So Dan Tony, I don't know that he has ever been spoken ill of as far as how he led the team. Yes, his philosophy and his success in the playoffs have been uh, talked bad about, but it seems like players really like him and uh, you have the right guy on your side. If you're Steve Nash, and then you can just go, all right, guys, everything Mike said, except let's try to win a playoff game. Yeah, honestly, I think this is the perfect spot Smart. for Mike D'Antoni because like, I so feel like it, so he, it feels like a win-win. Yeah, I feel like he's been giving, give, been given too many opportunities. I, I just feel bad for him that they have to deal with Kyrie Irving. It's like it follows a pattern where it's like he's really good in the regular season, yeah. but they can never do it in the playoffs. Uh, yeah. yeah. Can you imagine, Richard, getting drafted by your team and then being expected to basically ship out the next day and start camp within about seven to ten days? Can you imagine uh, signing a free agent and having to potentially report to a new team within 72 hours to begin camp? Because that's what we're looking at here. That's a man who finds it hard to eat at restaurants because people just consume or uh, confuse him with a chef, Brian Windhorst. He may not be getting the NBA for Christmas after all. Chris Haynes of Yahoo reported this week that a large faction of players are pushing for a January 18th start. The NBA estimates that the December start would be worth $500 million more to the league than starting in January. Uh, and just think about that for a second. A Christmas Day start, which is the 25th, and a January 18th start, that many days equals $500 million. Yeah. Whose side are you on? I hate Players to, or league? I hate to say it, but the, the, I've seen the estimates anywhere from $500 uh, million to a billion dollars for just those few weeks. I hate to say it. I'm on the side with the league. And I think the players have to realize that they have, you know, an opportunity to partner up and go, hey, how do we make this work for everybody? I don't know what all the details are, and I understand that it's going to be incredibly trying on some of these athletes. But the idea that Danny Green proposed the other week, which is if we start that early, LeBron's not going to play. Cool. Well, you got guys that aren't going to play full minutes all year. Go out there, and if you can start with, you know, a, a team that's going to have deeper rotations and you're playing 15 guys, I'm fine with that, too. You don't expect them to be in playoff shape when they start. And if you have to make accommodations to make sure that you don't uh, wear out your players that just finished a playoff run, do it. It's not going to stop the Lakers from making the playoffs next year. I, I, I think if, if those projections are accurate, dude, you can't sacrifice a billion dollars to wait three weeks to play a basketball game. Yeah, that's a lot. That's a lot of money. And I know that it's... It, I don't know. I, I, I see it from both ways. So do I. I don't I don't see the league going bankrupt anytime soon, and I'm sure that they can recoup some of those funds, but 
wherever those projection comes from, I'd, I'd be interested to see what that PL looks like. Time for my favorite story of the week. This one comes from the animal kingdom and the retail kingdom. Your headline, Costco drops coconut milk amid allegations of brands force monkey labor. <clears throat> Sorry, what? You probably have questions. I have lots of questions. Okay, so the retailer is the latest pledging not to stock coconut products from Thai suppliers who have been accused of using monkeys as forced labor. As opposed to voluntary labor. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I just want to make sure they're sending the monkeys up the trees to pick the coconuts. And the monkeys are upset about this because they're not getting paid enough. Like, how do we know the monkeys are upset about this? Okay, so it's PETA. PETA's up. Okay. Yeah. PETA's upset about this. Okay. And uh, here's what a Costco representative said, quote, and this is like a, you know, some mouthpiece PR guy. We have ceased purchasing from our supplier owner of the brand. I'm not going to even try to pronounce it. We will continue to monitor the implementation of the harvest policies. And once satisfied, we'll resume purchasing. Now, the reason I have this story is because, uh, one, and I want to preface this, I don't support animal cruelty, but I have the same question as you. What the hell are monkeys doing to help? Like, they're just getting the coconuts down, right? I don't imagine the monkeys are all, uh, also, like, like extracting the juice, are they? No, I'm trying to see if there's, well, it, what, what I would imagine, the, the milk, it's coconut milk. Right, the milk, the milk. But they're not, like, at, they're like, giving heavy the machinery. Machetes. Yeah, right? Like, the monkeys don't have machetes that are cutting the things open. And the, then... the monkeys have so many accidents on the drill press that it's just really <laughs> unbelievable. <laughs> yes, I don't, I, I don't think that's happening. Okay. I, this is my guess. All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take, take my um, monkeys climb trees hat off right. and put on the uh, pe hat. PETA hat. No, the, oh. no, this is, it's all hypothesis. Okay. This is not, I'm not an expert. I have not done any reporting on this. You brought the story to me 46 seconds ago. Yes. I'm guessing the conditions in which the monkey laborers are kept when they're not climbing the trees is probably something that would make you kind of go, that seems bad. Mm. It's it's probably along the lines of the uh, the the hogs that can't turn around in their little cages or the the, the hens that are stuck. It just It's a ball of feathers waiting for an egg to pop out, and they're being shot up with salt water. There's probably something like that going on. They're probably not getting the food and nutrients they need. These monkeys probably have a better life, uh, you know, without people around. Yeah. That's, okay, that's my guess. And this is really the reason I brought this up was because I was very confused. And I read through the article from the Chicago Sun Times, and they don't quite like explain exactly like what these monkeys are doing for labor. Yeah. But that was what was running through my mind was that like these monkeys were like just like men. These they, monkeys like, had... are not qualified to drive these trucks, and yes, I can't believe yes. they're making them do that. Yeah. Like, they're wearing hard hats and, like, <laughs> flannel shirts, and they're, like, doing everything that, like, humans do. And my second thought about that is, oh, my gosh, the monkeys are stealing our jobs. Yeah. Is that what you thought? <laughs> that... That was the second horrible thing that yeah. went through my head. No, no, I'm, I'm guessing that I'm guessing that they probably live in squalor, and then they only pull them out, and the only fresh air they get is when they're being forced to climb up and grab coconuts. That's just my guess. 
And in, in which case, can't you get a machine to do that? That's my other thing. I like, don't know. really, are monkeys more efficient at getting coconuts than some machine you could build that automates it and probably does it at a less cost? It's, it's not the problem of getting the machines; it's keeping them in working order because the monkeys have so much trouble using oh. the wrenches to oh, repair them. Oh, that's right. Yes, of course, because the machines you get yeah. are not maintenanced by humans; <laughs> they're maintained we, by monkeys. That's right. It's a, the, monkeys, it's a, the monkeys have such a hard time trying to decide what side of ratchet to use yeah. to, to, you know, tighten the nuts. Yeah. The, I'll tell you what. Nuts. Quite the waste. Yes. For that training video we showed them. Uh, what the hell were they doing during those three hours? Uh, we popped the VHS in. They should know how to use a wrench now. Yeah. So there you go. That's that's your good versus evil. And now they're forming a labor union. That's that's really upsetting the folks in Thailand. They're like, ah, oh, these monkeys and their labor unions. <laughs> we can't get these guys to focus and just, come on. It's just about the work. You guys grew up doing this. Uh, that's your good versus evil. It's brought to you by 808. Uh, they are serving to-go and delivery. You can go to ate-oh-ate to check out menus, locations, uh, and hours and delivery options. Uh, their food is delicious. You should eat it. You can't go to Hawaii. So you might as well get Hawaiian food. Uh, in hour two, we do need to talk a little bit about uh, the trade deadline in the NFL. We've got some big matchups in college football today. Um, and then I need to talk to you about some funk. We'll get in to the sports funk in hour two. All of that uh, uh, after a little break here. Uh, this is The Sinner and the Saint on 1080 The Fan. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.